it's not as exciting as you might think. It's, it's, um, it, for me, I like to say it's more about just like helping people. You know, it's not about punishing criminals. Right, yeah, and, I which, totally understand. It's just, it, may, it makes you feel Robin! Better. Robin! Hey, 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 where you been? Hi, how you doing? You missed your meeting with your parole officer. Parole officer? Mm hmm? Nope. Yeah, yeah, trying. this guy got in some trouble a while back for uh, whipping out his little dick Grayson on a playground. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's all good. I mean, your wife forgave you, right? What? You're married? <laughs> married pervert. No, I'm not. Daisy, I'm not. I'm not married. He's kidding. Oh, man. Dodge that bullet, huh? What the hell are you doing here, Batman? You're gonna ruin this. Calm down. Hey, look, I read on Twitter that a supervillain's gonna bomb this loser meet and greet. So I'm here to save the day, like I do, all the time. I mean, you know, it's my thing. I'm the Batman. My name is Adam. I'm Melissa. And this is Below Freezing, a podcast in which we talk about films that have a Rotten Tomato score of 32% or less. And I think we did it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we found the movie that we've been waiting to talk about oh, on this podcast. <laughs> and that movie, of course, is Movie 43. Uh, a movie that producer and director of part of the segments, Peter Fairley, admitted that the title has absolutely no meaning whatsoever. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, we'll get into that a little bit later. So I guess I picked this film. Yeah, this was a Adam. It, this was a pick. me. This was a me pick. Um, yeah, I was. So we're we're trying to uh, be a little more selective at picking movies that are accessible on netflix or prime or something um so i saw this was on netflix and uh i i, I remember what so we've watched this before um so i've been told so so i've told you <laughs> uh, I, i'm pretty sure she fell asleep at, at some point when we originally watched this um so i i picked it and knowing that we were in store for a pretty shitty movie we went with a pretty shitty bottle of wine yes um so what, what we had to drink and maybe i won't like usually I try to shout out the wineries when we <laughs> when we post these. So this is uh this is Bay Bridge Vineyards. This is their red blend. They're a, a company out of um out of uh Livermore and Ripon, California. Um it you know, the fact that it says table wine with natural flavors doesn't lead me to believe that this is a, a solid wine. Um <laughs> It tastes somewhere along the lines of a children's fruit punch. Um, I'm not drunk at all. No. <laughs> uh, I'm not buzzed or tipsy or anywhere. My faculties are all functioning yeah. great. I, when I poured the first glass, I go, ooh, <laughs> I don't know if this is wine. <laughs> you could tell by the color. It was like a, it was like a watered down cranberry juice or... Or like a watered down, like a cross between a watered down cranberry or a watered down grape. But yeah, yeah. So uh, not good, not good. And we just got in a shipment of our of our fancy wine today, actually. Oh we wait, I have to, I do have to say though, the like this was two ninety nine. Yes, no, no, no. We did not pay good money for this, uh, and we weren't going to waste our good wine on a shitty movie like this. Right. One. 
Um, so now this is normally where I would get into who wrote this movie, who directed it, and who's in it. I'm not going to do that yet because this movie is a selection of segments. So we're just going to go through them kind of chronologically when we get there and talk about who directed it, who wrote it, and who was in it. So in terms of accolades, yeah, this was big at the Razzies the year that this came oh, out. Okay, whoa! Um, when you the, you started that off, I thought you Oscars, were going to tell me yeah. some like really yes. fascinating yeah. trivia. Halle Berry, <laughs> Best Supporting Actress, she won. It was wow. amazing. No, uh, so at the at the Razzies that year, it won or lost depending on how you want to phrase it. Um, uh, worst picture, worst director, and worst screenplay. Uh, <laughs> didn't win worst actress um Halle Berry and Naomi Watts were nominated but I think they were also um the the Razzies will do a thing where it's not just for one film it can be for multiple so they were also nominated in quotes for Halle Berry was something for The Call was that where she was a 911 operator oh is that what that was did we ever see that one no I don't okay. think so and then Naomi Watts was something called Diana which I don't know um they lost they lost worst actress to Tyler Perry for Medea Christmas just oh. so that you have that in mind. Okay. And uh, the entire cast lost worst screen combo. Uh, they lost that to a, another favorite of ours, After Earth, oh. um, for Will and Jaden Smith, um, which if you haven't seen that movie, that movie is also pretty bad. Yeah. Um, so this budget, or the movie had a budget of about $6 million, which isn't a lot considering who is in this movie. Yes. We'll get into that a little bit later too. Um, opening weekend, it earned about $4.8 million. Uh, its U.S. gross at the end was about eight point eight, but it did ma- at the end of it worldwide it made about thirty two million. So, okay. as shitty as this movie was, it made about five times its budget. Yeah. So that's that's not nothing. That's not nothing. Um, I pulled I pulled a review. Okay. Um, because I really like it. It takes you on a little bit of a story. I, I really like this review. So, um, this is from Richard Roper, who ended up being. Uh, the second half of Ebert and Roper after Siskel died. So, mm-hmm. and I think I think Richard Roper still writes reviews. So anyway, this was his review. Um, I did I cut in and around, but the opening is pretty much the way he wrote it. Since 1999, I've been carrying a blue pill in my pocket, holding on to it for the moment when I truly need it. The pill I was told would instantly erase the memory of any movie, but just the one movie, just the one time. I was tempted to take that pill after Freddy got fingered. I had the pill in hand as I walked out of every other Adam Sandler movie of the last decade, but I hung on to it, knowing something even worse was going to come my way one day. Midway through movie 43, I knew that day had come. As the credits rolled with the inevitable blooper scenes of actors breaking character and inexplicably laughing when nothing funny is going on, I swallowed that pill hoping to erase instantly all mental images of what had just transpired. It didn't work. (laughs) The fucking thing didn't work. As the ads for Movie 43 promised, threatened, question mark, you can't unsee this thing, so please, stay away. Even if you might think sitting through Movie 43 would be an adventure along the lines of experiencing Showgirls or Howard the Duck, you will be filled with regret five minutes into this (laughs) atrocity. There's camp fun bad and interestingly horrible bad, and then there's just awful. And this is the last line I did. Movie 43 is the Citizen Kane of awful. Oh my God. Isn't that great? I should have I read this before watching this movie. And, 
And I don't know if anybody else in our podcast is actually going to watch oh, this man. movie now after that. Um, so now we're to the point of the Rotten Tomatoes score. What do you think the critical score is and what do you think the audience score is? Would, oh you, would, would you like to know what the, what the consensus is? From, okay. So like, like the little well, the blurb? Do you want to okay. hear the blurb Yeah, first? let me hear the blurb. A star-studded turkey, movie 43 is loaded with gleefully offensive and often scatological gags, but it's art, but it's largely bereft of laughs. Okay, and who writes that? That's sort of it, Rotten Tomatoes does. Okay. It's just sort of like that's how they sum up their score. Okay. Oh my gosh, I think the audience liked this more than the critical. Um. Oh man. Okay, so I'm gonna say audience is like nineteen or twenty percent. Okay. This I. This. Is low. I think this has to be like a single digit for like the, <laughs> I don't know, 5%. Crit- did I get, what did I get right? Critical. 5%. 5%? Yeah. <laughs> yep. I said 5% and I was like, I think that's too high. And, and you're close with the audience. You said 1920. The audience gave it a 24. Oh, okay. So yeah. <gasps> wow. So, okay. But low. Yes. Low. <laughs> um, and I guess I'll give you some trivia. I mean, it's hard. I, I, I'm not going to do this as, as they come up. But basically, this movie is the um, is sort of the brainchild between of producer Charlie Wessler and um, writer director Peter Farrelly. Um, Peter Farrelly is is most known for his comedies. He he's kind of behind, it's him and his brother, the Farrelly brothers. They did Dumb and Dumber. They did Kingpin. They did. Um, uh, when uh, uh, there's something about Mary, okay. they, they're behind a lot of comedies like that and good ones. Yeah, well, they've also done some some not good ones. Okay, too. well, but the ones you just mentioned, I did I did try to leave out some of the shittier ones. Okay, and Peter Farrelly is the one who just directed Green Book, which some people like, some I people liked hate. That. It's I think it's a fine movie. Okay, I liked it. Um, but anyway, those are the guys behind it big time, and they definitely wanted to do something in the veins of Funny or Die. They wanted to do something skit based. Okay. Um, so they they really basically just a made a movie skits. about skits. Um, they they wanted to make something li- like Kentucky Fried movie for the modern age, and just because I'm not sure if you know that um, the guys who did Airplane and The Naked Gun did Kentucky Fried movie. I a don't movie. know what you're talking about. Okay, so Airplane you've seen, yes. The Naked Gun you've seen, yes. So what their, are you talking about, fir- Kentucky Fried? Kentucky Fried movie was the first thing they did. Gotcha. Okay. So I was just giving those other two as reference Sorry. points. So which uh, they're movies with very thin plots. And they're basically just made up of gags, but at least there's a plot really kind of running, running through, through it. The, yeah, exactly. Unlike this, which there's kind of a plot. And running then it through turns it. into just be another gag. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> um, so that's what it was. Um, they the, the movie took almost about a decade to get into production as most studios rejected this. Um, the film was shot over a period of years because it, it was based on actors availability. In fact, uh, Charlie Wessler and Peter Fairley talk about like, they basically waited intentionally for actors to become available, like with Richard Gere, who really wanted to back out of this. Um, they 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 met several of his demands. Basically, um, he wanted to back out; they wouldn't let him. So Gere eventually said, "Okay, cool, I'm free to shoot it, but we have to you have to shoot it in New York. You have to change it from L.A., and I'm free for four days." And they did it because and he got paid. But but little and that was the thing too is like a lot of these people knew Peter Farrelly and Charlie Wessler. In a way, it was like favors. They were getting day rates. They weren't getting their their big oh their big gosh. budget. So the first thing they shot 
was the um, Kate Winslet, Hugh Jackman thing. That was the first thing they did. Okay. And that was sort of what they would show to other actors and people to like, hey, look, they, they did, did it. it. Oh Why my don't you God. come and do the same too? <gasps> and, um, and, and they, uh, from everything that I've read, they, they signed on pretty instantly. Um, Hugh Jackman did it because he wanted to do something that was totally, totally outside of what he normally does. Um, Why did Kate well, do it? <laughs> I think for the same reason. I think they just wanted to do something silly and stupid. Okay. Um, so originally, it's going to be shot in three segments. I believe it was supposed to be the Farrelly brothers, who I kind of already mentioned, um, Zucker, Zucker, and Abrams, who are the behind um, mm-hmm. airplane and, and Naked Gun, and then uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, the okay, South Park guys. Yeah. Um, shortly before shooting, Trey Parker and Matt Stone and the Zuckers backed out. Okay. So that's where this sort of um, every every scene and vignette directed by somebody else sort of came about. Okay. That wasn't originally what they were going to do. The film ended up with 13 directors and 19 writers tied to it. And as we go throughout, I'll, I'll, I'll say, oh my God. Okay. I'll say who was, you know, who did what. Um, little things that I thought would be funny. Um, so uh, James Gunn, who directed Guardians of the Galaxy and some other movies, mm-hmm. um, he directed the last bit with Elizabeth Banks and uh, was Duhamel, Josh yeah. Duhamel. Anyway, I don't want to say his name. Josh Dummel. Yeah, Dummel. I don't think Dummel's right. <laughs> Josh um, Dumel. But yeah, that sounds, that sounds better than what I was saying. He said during a Q&A that um, he was convinced to, to do the film by Elizabeth Banks and that to blame her, uh, the fact that he was in it. Richard Gere didn't want to be in it. George Clooney was asked. Uh, I believe he said something to the extent of no fucking way. Um, they really tried to get a lot of people. There was a... Um, there was a, there was a segment that was cut um, where apparently uh, Anton Yelchin, who was that uh, he died recently, he was oh. a younger actor. He apparently was like a necrophiliac, and Julianne Moore and Tony Shalhoub were his um, were like I, he, they were detectives or something. I I I have no idea. And there's then there's a version of this film where apparently uh, the movie opens. It's about three teenagers that are going on a treasure hunt to find the mysterious movie 43. Um, and that the, the rest of the segments were uh, what the characters thought it was, but it wasn't. Um, apparently, this is you can find this version in the UK. So this version exists. Oh, so let's get Ian on that. Yeah, exactly. Um, we need to have Ian find this for him. And, Not that I want to watch this again. But <laughs> um, I mean, and there's there, here's the thing. There is so much more stuff like that. Oh but I God. also feel like I don't want to give this movie that much no. credit. Um, I did so, not take a lot of notes. So here's what we're going to do. We are just going to work through this movie <laughs> chronologically. Okay. Um, so uh, the movie opens with the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of the stuff with Greg Kinnear and Dennis Quaid was directed by Peter Farrelly, okay. um, who, of course, was a big producer behind it, too. So... We'll lump in some of the other people. Common also plays Greg Kinnear. So Greg Kinnear is like a studio executive and Dennis Quaid is trying to pitch him this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Common plays uh, a, stu- a higher, a higher up yeah. studio executive who apparently has slept with Greg Kinnear's wife, which is a part of the movie. Um, Seth MacFarlane is playing himself, uh, who is trying to sell something. He's trying to sell like Family Guy meets Schindler's List. I'm not sure if you caught that line. I, it was that, weird. Yeah. And, uh, and then he forgot the name of his show, American American Dad. American yeah. Dad. And then the and then Will Sasso comes in right at the end there and plays yes. uh, a security guard who's about to get blown by Common. Um, and that that goes throughout the movie. But maybe let's just talk about that, and then we'll go through the bits first. Okay. Um, so so okay, great. We have them. <laughs> um, I mean, you 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 know you're already in for a weird movie when 
Dennis Quaid is talking about going to a cheese shop with Isabella, Isabella Rossellini, and she's lactose intolerant and implying that she's she's farting really bad. Yes, and that he's sticking his head out of the window on the way home, it, gasping. It's, it's just bizarre. And then, and then of course, later on, Dennis Quaid threatens Greg Kinnear with a gun, saying, "No, you're going to listen to this, and you're going to buy my movie." And then later, a grenade. Yes, he had a hand <laughs> grenade. But here, the most confounding thing is the fact that it ends up being a movie within a movie? It, that, I'm still confused. I don't... Because then it... Because then it ends. Yeah. It ends. They, Cut, they make was, a joke about, well, why don't you cut all this shit out and go to the next like short thing, which is the one with, with Terrence Howard, which we'll get to in a second. Yes. And then it rolls credits. You see bloopers. And then it cuts to the Beazle thing back. with the cat. Yeah, it's so I don't, weird. I don't it, know. It's, it's definitely weird. I, I mean... <laughs> Dennis Quaid looked the his style, his hair. He looked like a like twelve year old boy or like a fourteen year old teenager. His hair makes no sense at all. I, he looks like a little emo kid. I don't know, and, but I like. And I'm really glad later on he makes reference to his skinny jeans and like I can't like my because there's like a pool of sweat under my yes. balls or something I'm like. I, I, you know, you're an older man wearing skinny jeans. I'm sure that's, that's a, not comfy. Yeah, there probably is a pretty big pool of sweat <laughs> building up down there. Um, yeah, and it, it's it's funny. And I guess I, I'll do. I was still in like listening to the first part and him sell the movie. I was like, okay. I mean, there were parts of it that was kind of fun, like not laugh out loud funny, but kind of like little chuckles. Yeah, I was not, like, not really in that opening. Moment. Yeah, but and, I was and, kind of like, oh, okay, this is kind of weird, but the, let's see where this movie takes us. And it's funny because the stuff with Greg Kinnear and Dennis Quaid is, it's the least funny. I find it the least interesting. Of course, it's the thing that's essentially driving the movie. But I also feel like those are the two that come out the cleanest of this yes. entire thing. Yes. The most boring probably, but they... They didn't have to do much to. Well, to unless you're Julianne on. Moore, whose scene just completely gets cut, and you're oh, probably I like, think thrilled about that. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so so I was I was in it for the first like five minutes, and then when we get to the first <laughs> segment, yeah, which is it's so that it's called the catch, okay, uh, and that is also directed by Peter Farrelly, and that's Kate Winslet and Hugh Jackman, which I was impressed with getting them in this movie. So they're the oh, first. Oh, sure. Well, other than like, okay, so you have Dennis Quaid and um, yes. you see yeah, it, yeah. but then you see Hugh Jackman and Kate Winslet and you're yeah. like, I was like, literally, I wrote, I don't think I've seen this movie. Adam says I've seen this movie. I think I'm going to like this movie only because I saw <laughs> Kate Winslet and Hugh Jackman. That was my well, and they're fa- it's chain fa- it's of thought. It's fairly normal for a while. So kind of normal. Mm-hmm. And then... um they're laughing about their scarves and her scarf's softer and his. And then she's like, well, let me feel yours. And he goes to take his scarf off and he has balls hanging from his, his neck, his, like his Adam's apple, Adam's apple. Yeah. And I gasped. Yes, you did. Oh my, very I loud down. Your reaction was, oh. <laughs> was priceless. I like worth it, it just for the reaction. I did not see it at first. And it wasn't until I saw the look on Kate Winslet's face and I was like why and then I looked down and I was like you went oh it was so loud yeah it was I was afraid you were gonna wake the kids up I thought I did (laughs) I actually paused immediately after um that's just a terrifying sight that's that's bad 
Oh. And then there's a moment too, which I I I, I can't believe I'm gonna. There there are bits of this movie where I'll be like, okay, I kind of I kind of like that. Where at first he says like kids made fun of him when he was younger, and she goes, oh my god, thank you for saying something. He goes, what was it? And he goes, oh my stutter and whatever. And then he mentions something about like his neck. And she's like, oh, thank God. Thank God you finally reference it. Yeah. And he actually he actually moves the balls and Lifts shows a up. scar on his neck, but still avoiding the fact that he's got he's got testicles hanging from his face. But like every reaction she had on her face is what the audience was having. Like she played that really well. Um that was gross when he looked up and then he was like, Bert, it's cold in here. And they immediately shrunk on his neck. That was I'm still like, I mean, balls do shrivel a bit when it gets colder. I've never, they've never crept back up inside of me, but <laughs> is that know. not what happened? And oh, I feel it, like it, it did. It, it almost, he almost just looked like he, he had looked a normal. Big Adam's apple. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So just like somebody cold. punched him in the throat and it was yeah. a little small, <laughs> which he does get hit. Was it a plate? He gets yes. hit with a plate in the balls <laughs> on his neck. And she goes, Oh my God, are you okay? And he's like my stomach. <laughs> okay. But that's also funny because when you get kicked in the balls your stomach hurts, <laughs> like that's so, so for guys watching this, it's like, I, I get, I know I that feeling. Doing, yeah. Oh my God. Um, um, so I wrote, I'm going to puke on the dribbly bit when oh, he, he dribbles he stuff, he soup. soup on his balls and he's touching it and licking his fingers. And then at one point he like puts his hand down but then he goes to wipe whatever off the balls on his neck oh, and, and then smells his, his hand. Oh my God. I just, there's no way I'm going to make it through this movie. <laughs> this is what went through my head. We're tactile and human beings. You told me that yes. we, I, we, we watched this in 2013. You were like, I think it was like towards the end of your pregnancy with, with Stella, okay. the first one. I'm making a guess. There is no way. Either I passed out the second you hit play, which I've been known to do in That's movies. That's very true, yeah. Which is probably what's happened here. Or there's no way I would have made it through this movie. I mean, I was already gagging, and it was pretty loud. That first segment, I was very vocal. Um, it, it was. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Whew. And then, so I, <laughs> I, I got to do my. I got to do my Adam's film corner right now. And this is a. This is a. A really basic thing. I, I haven't. I feel like I've gone off on big tangents before, but this one's this one's pretty obvious. Uh, film isn't television. Um, in a TV show, in like an episodic, show, like Lost. Let's just let's let's just use Lost for an example. You can end an episode of Lost with a big cliffhanger, where it's like, if you were to watch that episode on its own and nothing else, you'd be like, well, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. But in the in the entire season and scope of the show, you know it's just, it's going to make you want to watch the next one. Uh, movies can't end that way. Movies can't just be a series of unrelated things. Uh, they can be, but then it's got, in that way, it almost has to be more like surrealistic or something absurd where it's like, oh no, but we're making meaning of all of this. It's like avant-garde or something. Yeah. This, this is just a, a series of bits put into a movie. And I, I looked and at 76 minutes is when the credits roll. And then we get the last one. But like, this isn't even a whole movie. No. And I don't like, I, I just hark it back to something like Airplane, right? Which again, has f- just full of bits. That's mm-hmm. all it is. But at least there's something holding it together. And, I, and I'm sorry, but the, 
the Dennis Quaid, Greg Kinnear shit does not hold this movie together, especially at the end when they're making a movie. It's like, then it's like they throw it back in your face and it really, really was just a series of sketches. Oh, it, I, I'm still confused on like who made this movie and why. A bunch of, men. a bunch of men, man child. Yes. Man children made this um, movie. My first question was, Adam, how am I going to make it through this movie? <laughs> I know, like, clearly I made it through this movie. Well, and but not the wine. That didn't help. No, no. And I, multiple times I was like, why didn't we pick a nice bottle for this? I would have loved mm. to try this. Maybe I would have enjoyed this movie more drunk. Oh, maybe. You maybe. know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. I kept drinking that wine and it wasn't doing anything. <laughs> I don't know. And then, oh, so they were trying. So that was the first segment. And then you cut back to... Yeah. the room and he's like no whoa, no whoa, whoa. we're not this? doing this, yeah. this is... and he's like you, wait you didn't get the metaphor and then i oh. was like wait <laughs> the neck neck balls is the metaphor <laughs> but then i was like okay they're setting us up for the rest of this movie they're gonna tell us like what we need to be looking for and then when yeah he just said neck balls was the metaphor i mean he kind of went into a little more detail but well, i was it's like, like with everything that's wrong in the world or like in, like yeah. it, but the, the whole point was that it didn't make any sense yeah. i mean okay uh, immediately greg Kinnear says i thought you said you wanted to make a smart movie with heart and dennis quaid goes what are you talking about yeah because i wrote smart movie with heart yeah. neck balls yeah. question mark yeah so so after this we get the next bit which I, I think might be my favorite um um so this is called homeschool this was my this was my favorite. So this was this was written and directed by Will Graham. I, I don't know much about him. Um, and uh, ba- and this this one stars Liev Schreiber and <laughs> Naomi Watts as a couple and their son, who I'll, I'll call it by name, who might be the unsung hero of this movie. Yeah. He was fucking great. <laughs> Amazing. His name is Jeremy Allen White, and he plays their son Kevin. <laughs> and basically, this this is a bit where. Um, uh, uh, Liam Schreiber and Naomi Watts are having their new neighbors cut down for dinner and they're talking about that they, they homeschool their son and they're like, oh, do you think he's missing out of, home, of like high school experiences? And at first, it's a series of kind of funny bits where Naomi Watts is the, is the teacher and she's like, you know, papers need to be graded in, or need, papers need to be written in black ink and she misses his last name on purpose. And, and at first, it's kind of like, oh, this is kind of funny. It and is funny. And it's also funny because they're sitting in the middle of their living room with like multiple desks. 30 desks yeah. and he's in one of them. Like, I, yes, I was appreciating the. Yeah. And then even, and then, and then Leo Schreiber's the, the, like the PE teacher and he's making him run laps and he throws a dodgeball. And again, it's like, okay, this is funny. They're yes. being hard on him and whatever. And they're trying to give him kind of a high school experience. Yes. But then it goes like. Turns. It's the moment. <laughs> He goes to get food out of the fridge and then he shuts the fridge and I'm not even oh, going to say what it says well, on the, it. I was going to totally skip over that one. But uh, but that, what's, what's the next one though? Where um hold on, I wrote it down. Um oh, he's walking up the stairs and Naomi Watts is walking down and she punches the the books out of his hand. He goes, "Drop something, fuck face." I oh was yeah. Like, Whoa. And she's got pigtails in her hair and she's wearing a backpack like she's trying to act like a And then they ultimately like they throw a party at their house, but like he's not invited. And because... oh, that was okay. That was heartbreaking. You have like, what What would you say? He's like 16 or 17. He's something like that. He's something like that. And he's just trying to get into his house. And there's this huge party. And then he starts calling her as she's going. She's like, sorry, you can't come in. And she goes to shut the door. And he's like, mom, mom, mom. And like, my heart broke. That's so sad. He just wants to, he just wants to come in. How? So that led to my second question was how awful how awful would it be if that was 
like your if your parents did this to you well so awful that you have to you know fashion a make-believe girlfriend with a picture of your mom oh on my it. god and then i wrote this kid's gonna become a serial killer my, like they're setting him up to my, become- my favorite line of it is when they're both they're both sitting on the bed oh my god it's, it's naomi watson her son she goes, she first goes, kisses, wait. No. She was explaining to, hold on, I'll set you up for it. She, she's, a, they flash back to like sitting in their living room and she's like, you know, first kisses are supposed to be awkward. She's telling the neighbors this and then it cuts to them sitting. On his bed. And, and she says, you know, Emily Carr said we should go all the way. And he, you could just tell he's like, mom. No, he, I said to you at that moment, he was dead in his soul. Like that actor had no emotion. His eyes was just like, like. <laughs> and, when, and then when she asks him if he has protection and she starts kissing him, it's just like. <laughs> and then it cuts too. And then Liam Schreiber sitting next to him. He's like, and they're supposed to be like you know, pals. And he's, he's like, like, you know, if I, if I was going to be into a guy. You'd be my time. <laughs> it's just. It, okay. That though, even though it was, there were some weird, like crazy moments that. That scene that hands down is the best part of the that movie. That just seemed like a really competing. It, 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 it was so funny. And and you've got you've got them pl- like Liev Schreiber and like the, the son isn't as funny if Liev Schreiber and Naomi Watts aren't killing it too. Oh, and they're, they... they're great in it. But the son like knocks it out of the park. Oh, yeah. He's so fucking funny. He, and, then, and then he's the perfect little son later on until, until he pulls out the fake girlfriend. And it's on the just, broomstick. It, yeah, and... It's just... So, at, sorry, to cut to the end when they're showing um, outtakes. Mm-hmm. Or was that even outtakes? Some of them, I think. Like during that moment we were watching um, the school scene. Is that what you call it? Homeschool Homeschool, yeah. I even like right at the end, I was like, oh my God, I, <laughs> I would love to see. I would love to be a fly on the wall during production in this because... I just can't imagine them not breaking constantly laughing during that. And to not, I didn't laugh at any of those outtakes at the end. I didn't get it. I was like, no. is this supposed to be funny? None of it was funny. Well, I think outtakes is the wrong word. I, In a way, I think a lot of them were just like different takes, oh. right? Like like showing some of the improv, like like Jason Sudeikis just saying some random shit. You know? I don't know. I, I wish I would have just seen. <laughs> or you know what? Maybe Naomi Watson, is it... Liev. Liev. I think so. Um, maybe they were just like, we are not fucking up. We're going to do one take and get the hell out of here. <laughs> you have us for hours. Maybe they killed it. Out. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, I think that was my my favorite scene. I did have one other scene that was like a close second. Well, let us let us know when you get there. I will, yeah. I will tell you that the next one uh, I did not find funny at all. Um, and this is another, well, former real life couple. So this is the next one. This called uh, The Proposition. This one was directed by Steve Carr. I think Steve Carr has directed a lot of um, uh, like black comedies. I think he might have done Barbershop and okay. one of the Friday movies. Um, but this one is basically uh, Anna Ferris and Chris Pratt are a couple. And they've been dating for a while. And he's getting ready to propose. And she's getting ready for something else. And she asks him to poop on her. Not shit. Poop, yes. Because poop. you would shit on a whore. You but you poop, you poop on, on your, your love. soulmate. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and that's that's like the whole thing. And then there's a funny barbecue scene where JB Smoove is telling him, like giving him all these tips and tricks. And like, where you who? JB Smoove. He's the uh, the black guy who's talking. To him. He's a he's a comedian. Oh, okay. He's giving him all the you know eat Mexican food. Oh before, yeah, and he pulls out like the turbo what lax, is it? the gross. Yeah. Um, 
I, I don't have much to say. No, I wrote a check mark. I thought that was gross. This, I did, yeah, I, this, I, I, this I wrote one was gross. I wrote no. Um, oh God, yeah. I just I just felt fucking gross. I, and then like when we thought like it was his guts, but it was really just his poop on the windshield and. She's like, oh, you, you oh, were going to do all this I for never me? once thought it was his guts. I immediately. Well, no, but I mean, I think it's meant to be like to a think? bloody oh. carcass. And yet it's just, it's just poop. It was. Uh, there was uh, nothing funny about this No, one. the only thing that I thought in this scene was um, Chris Pratt would never do that. Well, at Chris now, Pratt now. Chris Pratt you know? now. Yeah. But. Yeah. I think Chris Pratt now is not funny, uh, pretentious. And uh, he's just not the same. And granted, he's we, not the same. we don't know Chris no. Pratt, but it's like. There was a lovable Chris Pratt, and now like we've the got off- like a wait, Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. Thank you. Yeah. I was like, wait, he wasn't in the office. <laughs> but like, even when like when he first got jacked for Guardians, like he he still seemed like personality wise, yeah. he was the same. He I don't get that vibe anymore. I, know. I don't. So yeah, I say keep going because that wasn't. But yeah. the next one, so the next one was the grocery store. Uh, well, yes, yes, no? no, no, no. It is, it is, it is. I was just gonna say there's a. The next cutaway is back to the office, oh. and um, Dennis Quaid says the whole thing about I sucked off the security guard to get inside, and I think I think Greg Kinner goes Jerry's gay. He's like, no, he fought me every step of the way. Oh. I, I just again, I you thought were. that was kind of funny. Okay, um, but then we get so that that one, the next one's called Veronica. Um, that one is directed by uh, Griffin Dunn, and this one basically is Karen Culkin and Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. And I don't even I, I don't know what's going on. Karen Culkin works at a grocery store, and he's. He's announcing very random and odd things, things that are on sale, things that are not really pertinent to the store, like a senior citizen two for one or something. It's very, very random. Emma Stone comes in and clearly in quotes, they've had some kind of relationship in the past. Yeah. I don't I don't quite understand it. The only thing I wrote from this segment was why am I still invested in this movie at this point? Like I had to ask myself that because you you shouldn't be. I don't know that scene. Like uh. again, there's just weird. Like I, like this was this was a scene of very random lines. Like I want to lick you until you weep. Yeah, you sucked off, or like you sucked that you sucked off that hobo guy. Then she said it was for magic beans. Like not quite sure what that's about. No. And then she goes, "Do you still like a finger on your butthole?" He goes, "Of course, you know the answer. You know the answer is yes." Is <laughs> another one. And then the, actually, this one did make me laugh. Is when. They they've had this weird sensual moment where like he's he's rubbing her lips and with then his he finger his finger in his, her mouth. But but then as she's about to leave, she says, "I'll see you in church." Oh my god! Which again is like just a random, random thing to throw yeah. in there. I I don't have much to say on this one either, except you know I think if you had made this even like two years later, you don't get Emma Stone. No, like, this is this is a lot of the, a lot of some. Well, I should, a lot of some of these people. I mean, a lot of somebody. <laughs> Did I ever tell you I was struck by lightning seven times? One time. That joke, that joke was going to make no sense because I cut it from the last episode. <gasps> you did. Yeah, that didn't make any sense. Well, because you laughed at me because I started laughing. You said to cut it. You kept talking about Whatever. cutting it. You laughed at me and you said, "We might even cut this." I don't. I don't <laughs> know. You said, "Don't tell our personal jokes." And <laughs> anyways, um. And then we get okay. So this will come up. This will come up more later. But then we get a quick eye babe commercial, which we'll come back to when it actually gets back to it. Um, so so after the eye babe stuff. Oh my! That was um another question though. Was eye babe? How much does one of those cost? <laughs> well, you know, um, I think I think we should save that for the actual eye babe 
segment. Oh, okay. Um, but because I think that that's probably the part that's aged the worst. Yeah. Um, so the, the next uh, full bit that we get is the superhero speed dating. Okay. Now uh, this was my like close second. Okay. So this was <laughs> written by James Duffy. And this is actually probably maybe the biggest cast. So I'm, I'm going to read everybody off who's in this. So we have Justin Long as Robin. Jason Sudeikis as Batman. Uma Thurman as Lois Lane, which is great because she was uh, famously in a really shitty Batman and Robin. Um, Bobby Cannavale as Superman. Kristen Bell as Supergirl. Uh, John Hodgman is the Penguin, and Leslie Bibb is Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman. Um, and it's it really it pretty much is exactly what it is. It, it's Speed superhero speed. It, Robin is basically desperate for a date, and Batman a jerk. Batman comes in to stop a bomb, but also is just basically blowing up. He's cock blocking Robin pretty much. Yeah. Um, and it, it it it's a funny little bit. It what I wrote down first was Jason Sudeikis is funny. I I never really I don't we don't watch SNL, but I, I find him like he like he to me is like Jason Bateman. Their comedy is different, but what they do, they do really well. Um, and like him and Horrible Bosses is funny. Yeah. The few bits I've seen on SNL. So I, I just like his demeanor. Yeah. I find him funny. They had um I I I don't even know like what it was leading up to, but they had a a funny line in there that I loved and it was um no something Cyrano de Bergerac yeah. he goes no Roxanne and he's like comparing he's and I just thought that was really funny so you know. so so he, as Batman he says he's gonna sit under the table and feed Robin lines and Robin goes oh you mean like Cyrano de Bergerac and he goes no I mean more like Roxanne <laughs> which is great which is a very it's a very theater nerdy joke yes. um <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I went aha <laughs> <laughs> You have never made that sound <laughs> in your entire life. And I'm so glad you just did. <laughs> it's like recorded forever. Uh-huh. Did you, nobody can see, but I had a... <laughs> she, 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 her finger turned and went up in the air. <laughs> she just she just cured polio. <laughs> um, wow, that was good. Thanks, that was babe. fantastic. Um, and really, I feel like this is just a, a, a thing where... Jason Sudeikis can say funny. It's he made so, it work. It so he worked. can he can make a say a bunch of funny one liners and and uh, and what's his name Justin Long could just get shit on basically. Yeah. He gets he gets Superman's hair gel sperm like flicked in his face. He Justin Long I think will never he's gonna be shit on any movie he's in for the rest of his life. Although I did like I wrote this note down or this question and I wasn't going to ask it, but now I'll just say it. But well, here we are. I was, was going to be like, Adam. Yes. Who wore it best? Me or Justin? The Robin costume. Um, well, that's 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 clearly a no contest. It's you. Um, His was a lot uh, more revealing. I was just going <laughs> to say it. At least the bot. My top half was more re- his. His bottom half. I bet you wanted me to. <laughs> Anyways, let's just stop talking. Um, and yeah, this this one was was it wasn't really laugh out loud funny. It was charming, I think, and it was. And I'd say besides the well, no, I say besides the semen thing, it wasn't that gross. But there's a whole bit where Sudeikis is like looking up Superwoman, Supergirl's skirt. But then, I, but it's funny too that she like knows he's there the whole time because he's just under a, a table, right. no cover. Um, the, so we, the next thing we get is a short bit that I really thought was pretty funny. <laughs> Me too. It's, it's the, it's the machine kids is what it's called. Um, it was written and directed by somebody named Jonathan Van Tolkien. I don't know anything about him, but basically it's like a PSA where, uh, 
little tiny kids are inside machines that you use every day. That like you get machines. really mad at. And, um, and fax ATM machines. Machine. Yeah. It's, and the, it's, it's shot black and white. It's very slow. There's you, it's got voiceover. So you don't actually hear, um, anything the kids are saying or any, I mean what the people are saying. It's just watching these poor kids inside of these machines, like helplessly, like giving them things and looking tears scared. going down their faces. <laughs> it, was, it, it was sad. It was pretty funny. It was sad and fun. Yeah. Um, uh, so then after that, we cut back to our, our stupid storyline. We find out he has a grenade. Um, and then I realized at that point that his name, the character's name of Greg Kinner was Griffin. And I, I, that maybe they thought about this, but do you remember the player that, um, uh, movie with um, Tim Robbins where oh, he's an agent. Yeah, his name is Griffin, and he's kind of an executive guy. And I, I my thought is they probably did that on purpose, oh, but okay. but who knows? Um, so then then we get back to the real um, I babe, I babe. skit. I uh, <laughs> I I don't even know like what to say. The first one, I don't know if I want to say it was funny because the first little skit, it was just like a, a well, glimpse. Yeah, it's jarring. It's a naked woman. Well, and it's meant with, to be it's meant to be reminiscent of the old iPod commercials. Yes. Where they, they've, they're wearing them and they're just dancing. Dancing. Yeah. But then you have a naked woman that's clearly uh, in the middle of her, like right above her belly button. Like the controls or yes. whatever. Yeah, yeah, Um, I don't know. It was like, so let me say... I wasn't like, offended by that first one, but... Well... So, so here's it. So Richard Gere is just titled as boss. Um, Asif, well, okay. I'm just, okay. So Kate Bosworth is in it. Jack McBriar is in it. And Asif Monvi is in it. Mm-hmm. Asif Monvi is like the guy who's basically assessing the situation. Jack McBriar is definitely from like research and development. He like made it. And Kate Bosworth, let's just call her sane board member. Yes. Um, the voice of reason, maybe. Nobody's listening to. Um, and, uh, and basically the problem is that, um, young men are getting their penises mangled because they're sticking them inside of the iBabe's uh, vaginal fan port thing. Is what they're calling it, yeah. yeah. So basically that's where, because as as most electronics do, they heat up and they, they, everything has a little fan. But on this one, the fan is near the vagina. Right in between the legs. Men would want to fuck this, these iBabe's and so thus their penises are getting mangled. Um, nobody seems to realize that this is a situation um, and then easily, I would say the most offensive part of the oh movie my God. is when they roll out the, a limited the, edition, limited or edition special edition or whatever. And, um, it just happens to be uh, a black lady. And then they say something about, oh, now you can get these in any color. Um, and Kate Bosworth even calls out goes, and just when I thought this couldn't get any more offensive, right. and that's basically where they, they cut it. <sighs> I, this was made only like seven years ago. So I can't like say like, you know, well, it was the good old days, you know, like we just got to harken back and, you know, like, like I'm thinking a a lot of like private resort, which is, I'm not condoning it, but it's like, it does feel like a very different time. This doesn't. No, this was like just disturbing to watch. It it was weird. Um, And what was more disturbing was seeing like, um, well-known celebrities be a part of this was just kind of like, yeah. Weird. Wow. And again, I think for somebody like Asif Monvi, who is a comedian, like that's that is his bread and butter. Not surprised to see him in this, right? And same with Jack McBriar. Like I feel like in a way this is kind of up their alley. Mm-hmm. You can see why Richard Gere wanted to get out of this. Oh, yeah. Um and and you know, I'm not gonna put anything on Kate Bosworth because 
I mean, it's a paying gig, but she certainly feels like the most out of place. I bet she wasn't even acting. I bet that was her. Just, (laughs) I bet she was like, you know what? I'll, uh, I'll improvise this entire scene. And then she just, (laughs) that's what she did. She just spoke from the heart. Yeah. Um, so let me get one that almost seems more, I mean, it's not, it's not poignant, but it's like, it's trying to be a little bit. So this is called, uh, middle school date. Now, this one was actually directed by Elizabeth Banks. Okay. So who isn't just in it later on, but she directs this one. Um, and then so we have uh, Chloe Grace Moretz is, I don't think the name's Amanda. She's the young girl in it. Um, Christopher Mintz Plass is the older brother. Uh, who else is in this? Let me just read everybody. Uh, somebody named Jimmy Bennett is the younger brother. Patrick Warburton is, yes. is um, the son's father. And then Matt Walsh um, is, is her girls. father. Yeah. And basically it's just this kind of horrific moment where this young girl has her first period. Uh, It was, I wrote, Oh my God, worst fear. That's the worst fear of a 13 year old girls that you're like hanging out and Oh my gosh, it's just it, the being at a boy's house too, but then to start your period and yeah, it just kind of like went through her pants and it's on the couch and the boy thinks it's it's fruit fruit punch. Yeah. And then the part that just got disgusting for me was like she goes against the wall and because she backed into the wall, she's left a streak mark, which wouldn't happen. And then he's like, oh, my God, he got it there. And the like part I kind of laughed at was just how (laughs) when they start freaking out, they realize she started her period. There was one line. And I the wrote down young boy yeah, he... was like, <laughs> she's going to bleed out or she's going to. Yeah. And then he starts like just panicking. And some of the things he was saying was just. I, I wrote down she's having contractions. Contractions. Yes. I, I thought it was a pretty funny And he line. like falls backwards, almost passes out himself. Yeah. It was kind of And then we get this comical. weird moment where the dads like are like bumping chest like they're going to fight. And it's whatever. And then he realizes, oh, it was a period. And do you have like a. A tarp. A, yeah, a camping tarp. I and can, then he's like, honey, don't sit in my car. And it's like, ah, uh, yeah. But then it goes, it <laughs> takes this weird turn where like the youngest son pulls Patrick Warburton's finger and he lets out this fart. They all laugh. And I'm like, oh, we're going to watch the game or something. It's just, it's really weird. It was a weird turn. And then it goes into the, the Jaws commercial for Tampax. This like sexy women walking on the beach. They get into the water and then a shark comes out of nowhere kills one of the women and then like bloods everywhere in the water and it says Tampax waterproof or water yeah, something with resistant or, yeah yeah, yeah. Like, whatever and that was just a stupid small bit and then of course they they make they reference it like immediately afterwards the Greg Kinnear and Dennis Quaid like you know how do you feel about that huh getting commercials directly in the movie or something I'm like okay sure yeah. um and that's when we meet Common for the first time and that's when we see Seth MacFarlane and that part's whatever um And then we get to, um, uh, let me see what this one's called. I'm trying to call these by the title so we have them. Oh, yeah. So this is called Happy Birthday. This was directed by Brett Ratner. Now, Brett Ratner is actually a director of some some name. He did some of the X-Men movies. He did, um, I believe he did the Rush Hour movies. He's also become one of the, like, Me Too people, so he doesn't work anymore. Um, and uh, this one stars Johnny Knoxville and Sean William Scott and the face of Gerard Butler as two different leprechauns. Yes. Uh, note, Colin Farrell was supposed to be the leprechauns and he was like, not doing it. Um, so this one's really short and again, not very funny um, and kind of brutal. Uh, no, it was, it was very 
weird. Um, this was the moment, though, where I wrote, is this movie called Movie 43? Because it has 43 little Yeah, no. And no. The story that I read was that Peter Fairley heard his son and his friends talking about this movie called Movie 43. And when he went to look it up and couldn't find anything, he thought, oh, that'd be funny to do a movie where the title means nothing to, to the plot of the movie. Oh. And that's where it comes from. Weird. Yeah, the Leprechaun one was just weird and bloody and... I, mean, I didn't. It's I wasn't, not really funny. No. Um, I mean, it, it's it's kind of overly. It's maybe maybe comedically violent. I guess like that. It's absurd that they're like punching this two foot leprechaun in the face. But I, I don't know. It didn't really. I was like, okay, I get it. You know, you got Sean William Scott and Johnny Knoxville. They're they're being funny. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Um, the next one is is high up on mine that I really like. That's Truth or Dare. Truth or Dare. Um, so this one is is uh. Uh, basically Halle Berry and Wait, Stephen Merchant. Did you just say this was high up on yours? This was probably my second or third. I wrote least favorite. This one, really? Oh my God. I, so I did not like this, this one. This one I liked because I thought, I liked that it started off of a premise that I actually, I thought was like, what, you're on a blind date. Maybe maybe you've been on like four or five and it's like, God, these are so stupid. What if, we, like, what, seriously, what if we just changed it up? Let's just play truth or dare. And like, I get that it goes absurd. It gets, it gets absurd really quick, but... Before it goes way off the rails, like the first, like the first two truths and then the first two dares, I'm I still buy this, like like you know like go go cup that guy's ass or go blow out the candles. It's like, okay, that's a little far fetched but passable, like not not irredeemable, not life altering, not getting tattoos and plastic surgery. And yes, it goes off the rails. It very much goes this off. This literally rails. was the one where I stopped taking notes. Oh, okay. I, so, I, I don't. I I I thought it was funny. I don't I mean, know. I that's not, so interesting. Not laugh out loud, but it was. The, I I just I liked the conceit. I liked this idea of making a blind date, especially if you've been on a run of them, a little more special, a little different. Um, well, I get that. Like change things up, but the and it's you think it would be funny, like how um, how absurd they go. They like get tattoos, and then they get like plastic surgery and com- by the end of it like what's his name has now turned Asian and Halle Berry looks like a completely different woman you know what I mean yeah I don't know it just I thought the acting was bad yeah um so when you said like at the beginning when you said Halle Berry was not I was like yeah, yeah. she was I didn't think she was good oh, at no, all in this. No, don't don't confuse what I'm saying. I don't think anybody was good in this movie. I mostly was I thought the idea of the skit was was yeah, was fun. I just um and then so then after that we cut to the last film the last thing with Greg Kinnear and and um Dennis Quaid when we find they yell cut and we realize they've been shooting a movie which, which didn't make sense. Maybe is a bit. I don't know. I don't, yeah. Um and it's not even like it seems it's lazy and not not comedic, so I don't understand why why they did it. Um, and then we get to another. I, I, this I thought was funny. So this one's just called um, Locker Room, or what is it? I don't know. I'm guessing. Oh, that's right. Because no, it's called Victory's Glory. That's the oh. name of the little like the. And this is almost this like was... a trailer for another movie. Um, and it's got a lot of um, uh, a lot of a lot of people are in this one. But basically, it's just Terrence Howard. He's a coach of a of a of a an all black basketball team what like i would say like the 50s or something the definitely way it was shot like, was yes definitely like jim crow era you know and it's very much like 
you know, it's like remember the Titans in a way. Like it's about you know, it's about the well, you black have team a all playing like the African American team. team. Yeah, yeah. And um, it starts off very inspirational, and you know, Terrence Howard's like, you know, you know, win or lose, and he like basically sounds like, no, fuck that. Like you guys are gonna win, and he he basically goes on this long tangent that I'll I'll sum up as this: you're black, they're white, it's basketball, you're going to win. Um, it's well, very- and then there's like one point where they're kind of they're playing the game and they kind of zoom in where the coach would be like telling you plays and literally on the <laughs> playboard says, he goes you're black <laughs> and it's like underlined but there's just a lot of like the way he hammers it home and whenever it tries to become an inspirational moment the music goes like, up what and- coach is really saying is like no no you're black they're white and it, he keeps trying to take away like he goes, don't do the slow clap thing and he he just shuts it down at any moment he can um <laughs> there was like a part i did that there was a part about um he's like no what coach is trying to say is um god and he's like god has nothing to do with it god did his part he made you black and then and then another kid or the same kid chimes in and he's like what coach is trying to say and he's like no no, why don't you use that foot and a half long dick and smack, smack the ball the, out yeah. of there? God, it was so funny. I thought it was pretty funny. It was pretty. That was yeah, pretty I thought funny. Terrence Howard um, owned Just that. Just with his voice really and how yeah. he gets, like, how animated he kind of got was, yeah. was good. And then, I mean, literally, that, that, that skit ends and we roll credits for a bit. And then we go to a possibly the worst one. The worst. And And I don't understand why you keep this in, but this one's called Beazle. This one is written and directed by James Gunn. As I mentioned, he's guardians of the galaxy, some other things. And it's, it's, um, Elizabeth Banks and Josh Duhamel. Du- Dumel. Dumel. I, like I that. think that's what that's, it is. Dumel. Not Dumel. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, and Josh Dumel has a cat named Beazle. It's an animated cat. That um, looks like Garfield. Okay. Like it's Garfield like, fucked Pikachu. And- or like Garfield, like what was the Ed, like Stitch or Ed and Stitch or what was that weird show with like those two? Oh my gosh. I think it was like on Cartoon Network, but you have those like weird. Now I got to remember. <laughs> oh God. They had a, it wasn't Ed, Ed and Eddie. Was it the um, Is it gonna cur- kill me? Courage the Cowardly Dog? No. no. Gosh. There's a bunch of weird shit. I don't know, but it just reminded me of like this cracked out cat that used to be on a cartoon or something that was anyways. That's fair. Sorry. No. You know. And there's just so many weird moments. And then there's weird moments where like it's clearly an animated cat, but then it pisses all over Elizabeth Banks to like an obscene amount. And then like, then like it ends with like a little girl stabbing, stabbing her, her in head. Stabbing her head with a plastic fork. Like because, because she's been beating this cat with a shovel and it's like right after the cat shot her in the back with a shotgun. She finally chases this cat down, beating him to the ground with a shovel. Somehow she's at some kid's birthday party and then nobody notices. She's got bullet holes in the back of her or something. (laughs) And they stick the kids. The mom goes, the mom at the birthday party goes, get her. And the kids like jump her and start stabbing her, which probably was the most (laughs) dramatic part of the movie where it was like oh uh but but thankfully that's the last bit that's the last skit in this movie um so i know now I, you don't and you can jump on this train the unsung hero for me is the sun and the one one that's so okay. i wrote that down 100 percent. um did you have any additional questions we didn't we didn't dedicate a time to mel's q a but we kind of no, kind of went through 
most of my questions were, why am I still watching this? This podcast. Um, I'm just like flabbergasted how this movie got made. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and it, when you said only six million and I'm like, while watching this movie, I was like, Adam's going to throw out like a, you know, $500 million, like because of all the people that are in the movie, somehow they just put their money towards putting them in it. They, they shot on location and they, they got them for day rates and begged and pleaded oh pretty much. Oh my God. I, I mean, that's, that's, that's the long and the short of it. So how did you really hear about this movie? Well, that's the thing. The, the marketing campaign for this was one of those like, you know, the movie's so bad, nobody's seen it yet. Like they didn't, usually if, if you're- That's a marketing campaign. I think, yeah, I think, honestly, I think it was, it was something that's like that. All they had to- usually when you're releasing a movie, you will have advanced screenings for the press, for, for critics, so that they can sort of, good or bad, promote the movie before it, before it comes out for, for people to go see in the theaters. Um, there are some movies- uh, another one, I, I know they did this, but I is that from Justin, the Kelly movie, they did not allow the press to see it beforehand. I think they knew the kind of movie they had um, and didn't want to see it. I will always be from Justin, the Kelly. Like, well, I think I saw that movie like. Don't, I don't want to even hear how many okay. times you've seen it. A lot it. of times in, sad. in theaters. Very like sad. when it came out. Oh, stop it. I think I was there, like, it. you know, Stanwood High School. Do I know Stanford like, High School? Would the place where we went, where we met and you know how dating? like you would just walk from the, the high middle school, school or to the, the movie theater. Yes, <laughs> it, exactly. I'm pretty sure every day after school, that's where I went. Not alone. I did go with friends. Yeah. And then my <laughs> okay, it was one friend. I'm not going to say that friend's name. We all know who that one friend was. Just stop. And. <laughs> My mom would pick us up after, but I'm pretty sure it was like seven days straight. We went to the movie theater. Anyways, <laughs> uh, they no, they tried to market this as like a movie so raunchy, or whatever that they wouldn't they wouldn't do early screenings. Um, that must have scared the hell out of all the actors that were in the movie. Uh, probably, I mean, I, and that's the thing too is where, when it's so many broken up segments, who knows what the other things are going to be? Right, like, but you're in it. You, yeah, you're you, tied so to you it. You might be like in Terrence Howard's thing. Thinking, and you might be Terrence Howard going, that was kind of funny. I, you know, that was that was cute. And then you see the other shit in it and you're like, what the fuck was this? <laughs> you don't know what you're committing to. Um, so, so Melissa, was this a good bad movie or a bad bad movie? This was a bad bad movie. You're paused. Oh my God. I, I am. Because I, I, I think this was a good bad movie. <gasps> In the sense, in in the in the in the way where it's so bad that it's good, does it not quite get there for you? No, I would literally be like, "There's one." I want you guys to see my unsung hero, and I would get to that scene and be like, "This is Kevin." Oh, that's fair. Like I would show them Kevin, and maybe just scene. like maybe go on to YouTube and show like that's okay, like I would. Well, so I wouldn't make somebody watch this entire movie for that, but I would be like, "Watch everybody." This watch feels, tell Kevin scene. And this feels like the, like the perfect, like if you were having people over and you wanted something on, not to pay, no, listen, not to pay attention to, but like it's on. And then it's the kind of thing where you can go, oh, wait, 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 should, you got to watch like this six minutes. You got to watch this thing with right. Leo Schreiber and Naomi Watts. And then like, and then fuck, it doesn't, it doesn't matter again. Um, yeah. I think it would be like that moment. But it, I mean, this, it, the fact that, you know what the crazy thing too is like, in a way, this movie was like a labor of love. Like Peter Fairley and Charlie Wessler tried for years to get this made. 
and did it. And there was it's nothing just, on like interviews with them on like why, why, why? For the they wanted to make a movie like like Airplane. They wanted to do a series of skits, something they thought would be funny, something kind of newer, hipper. Like, uh, like and how old are these men? Because they, I don't think they understand what new or hip. Well, forties or fifties at this point. I don't know. Well, so yeah. So this is not this is not a movie to be praised, <laughs> but I think. Just the insanity of it deserves, whether it's the whole movie or not. I mean, like if I feel like maybe this is a movie that people have heard of, but nobody didn't quite delve into. Um, and it's on Netflix. so I mean, you, it's short. Yeah, it is. And it really, you can check in and out. This is the perfect kind of like look at your phone through it kind of movie. because. Well, and yes, I guess you're right. Because there were the moments. I think it was kind of like a little roller coaster where they definitely planted the funny or you know yeah it was like intermingled with the ones that were not so you kind of have to stick it out or yeah keep watching and maybe yeah maybe people will find the things that we didn't find funny funny i don't know but anyways so uh, who knows what kind of movie this is this is a crazy movie but um but regardless of it we want to we want you to watch it we want to hear from you so um you know you can find us on facebook and leave a comment and let us know what you think of this this crazy ass movie i mean we all have nothing but time right now. <laughs> yeah, we're doing some extra coronavirus content um, in terms of just giving more people more things to listen to as we are trying to um, flatten the curve and, and not spread this crazy-ass COVID-19 thing. So, um, uh, so, so it's on Netflix. So if you have that, you can watch it instantly. And yeah. it's just right there for you. Um, so let us know what you think. You can find us. Um, we launched out of anchor. You can find us on Spotify and Apple podcasts and Google play and all those great places. Um, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Uh, hit us up. Uh, suggestions are always great. Um, and uh, we're going to, I think ha- start having some more guests on too. Excited about that. I think our next slate of movies are going to be insane, which is great <laughs> uh, because that's what we're talking. We're not talking about classic movies. We're talking about shitty movies. Yeah. <laughs> Um, And until our next shitty film, I am Adam. I'm Melissa. And uh, thanks for tuning in.